Amen. Praise the Lord, beloved. I greet you all in the precious name of Jesus. Like David said in Psalm 65, he said, O thou who hearest prayer, to thee all flesh must come. I thank God also for the privilege to share with you the word of the Lord, the word of God which is settled forever in the heavens. The Bible says, Heaven and earth may pass away, but not one iota of the word of God. This is the word that God sent forth to heal us. Psalm 107 verse 20. He says, I sent forth my word to heal you. This is the word that became flesh according to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word became flesh and it dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory the glory of the only begotten son of god so the word that came flesh is jesus the christ the righteous one who became the lamb of god so we know as we know the theme this week is prayer it's all about prayer somebody said more things are wrought by prayer than this world can dream of hallelujah Somebody else said, prayer changes things and people. Another quote says that if you have time to pray, God has time to listen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, this is the week of prayer and the theme is prayer. Like I said, someone said, if you have time to pray, God has time to listen. Another song says, Prayer is the key to heaven, but faith unlocks the door. So, my understanding is that the first requirement for prayer is faith. One has got to have faith, because if you go to God for needs that you need to be met, then you need to have faith. You must have faith in God. That's why Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Him that cometh to God, he or she who come to God, must believe that God is, that He exists, and that He is a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. Amen. And I think the second requisite for prayer is to enter His gates with thanksgiving. I think one should always start one's prayer with thanksgiving, giving thanks unto the Lord. According to Psalm 103, it says, Do not forget His benefits. And I think when one comes to God, you remember all the good things He has done for you, how He protected you, provided for you, saved you, delivered you, and guided you. And so Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and I think the thick second thing one should do is to give praise to God we give praise to God for things is done we give praise to God for works he has performed for us protection provision and so forth and the third thing we need to do is to worship him we worship him for who he is we don't worship Him for things. We, we praise Him for things. But we worship Him for the person He is. That He is 
all-powerful, He's almighty, He's the creator, He's the king of kings, He's the Lord of lords, the God of gods, He's our savior, He's our deliverer, He's our redeemer, praise the Lord, He is our provider, He is our glory and the lifter of your head, He is our healer, He is our shield, He is our hiding place, praise the Lord, He is our shepherd, He is the way, He is the truth, he is the, the life. He is the light of our lives. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He is our beginning and end, our first and last. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the Prince of the Kings of the Earth. He is the Resurrection. And He is the life. He is the Waymaker. He is the Problem Solver. He is the Potter. And we are the clay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And He is our Enabler. Because He enables us, we can do all things through Christ to give us strength. So I just want to recap the progression. The progression is the first thing we need to have is faith. The second thing we need to do is to give thanks according to Psalm 100. The third thing to do is to praise Him. The fourth thing to do is to worship Him. Now after I have worshipped Him, then we can petition our request. Then we can make our request known unto God. And, and tell him what we want. Like the hymn writer says, Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Praise the Lord. So you can come with your needs to the altar. That's why Hebrews 4 says, let us come boldness to the throne of grace. And then in Matthew chapter 11, he says, come unto me all you who are burdened and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. There's a song that says, bring all your needs to the altar. Bring all your needs to the Lord. He is willing and able to help you. Bring all your needs to the Lord. Praise the Lord. So after you have thanked Him, praised Him, worshipped Him, then you petition your request. But when you petition your request, you need to pray for all people, not only for yourself. That's what First Timothy chapter 2 Verse 1 says that we must make prayers, supplication, and intercession for all people. There's another song that says, If I ask for a thing I should not ask for, if I pray for a thing selfishly, if I ask for myself and not for my neighbor, let this veil from my eyes let me see. Let not my will but thine gentle Savior, let the same prayer be mine every day. If this robe of flesh cause me to falter, lift this veil from my eyes, let me see. In other words, our prayer must not be selfish. Our prayers must not only be for ourselves or for our family and our friends. Our prayers must also be for our neighbors, for our enemies, for other nations, for the sick, for the people in prison, for, for the homeless. Our prayers need to reach all around the world. Our prayers must also be for people to be saved. Our prayers must also be for the backslider to be restored. Our prayers must also be for families and for households. Our prayers must be for others also who don't have a job, who don't have a home. Our prayers has got to be for people who's on a journey. Amen. And then I think after you have petitioned your request or made your request known unto God, 
uh, the wise thing to do is then to say, thank you, Lord, that you're going to provide. Thank you that I'm going to get the job. Thank you that you're going to heal me. Thank you that I'm going to get the victory. Thank you that I'm going to master my studies. And you give thanks. And then you make declarations and say, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to be healed. I'm going to have my own home. I'm going to get my driver's license. I'm going to get my degree. I'm going to have my own business. That is how you speak after you have petitioned your request uh, to the Lord. Hallelujah. And so there are ways and means of praying. Although the Bible says we do not know a right how to pray. I also do not know a right how to pray. Because he said, that's in Romans 8. He says, for we do not know a right how to pray, because the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unutterable groanings. And he, God, who searches the heart, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for us according to the will of God. The other thing I, I didn't mention was First John chapter 5, verse 14 says, we know that He hears our prayers if we ask for anything according to His will. It, in actual fact, it says, For this is the confidence we have, that we know He hears our prayers if we ask for anything according to His will. So many times people will say, But uh, I prayed about the matter, but it seems God is not listening, or God is not answering. Why doesn't God hear my prayer? Why doesn't God answer my prayer? Oftentimes, it doesn't mean that God is not answering your prayer. Sometimes there's a delay. There's a delay in the answer. It doesn't mean uh, every answer will come immediately or every answer will come shortly. Remember that um, Lazarus' sisters, they called the Lord. To call him means they prayed to him, requested him to come and heal their brother while he was sick. But he was four days late. But he was still on time. So God's delays in the answer to your prayer request is not God's denial. The fact that there has been a delay or your prayer has not been answered yet does not mean it won't be answered. It just, you, you mustn't say never, you must just say not yet. Not yet. The prayer, that's why in Afrikaans it says, Os bid ma weer God sal die antwoord. Steer. Let's pray again. God will send the answer. So, first thing before you pray, you must make sure that what you are asking for is the will of God. Amen. If you petition a request before God, you also got to have this humility to say to God, Lord, I would like this or I'd like that. I'd like to go there or I'd like to have this or that or whatever. But Lord, yet not my will, but thine be done. If you read in the book of Luke, chapter 22, verse 42, the Lord Jesus prayed and he said, Father, let this cup pass from me, but yet not my will, but thine. Do you pray that prayer, beloved? Do you pray that prayer, Lord, after you have petitioned your request? Do you say, Lord, I would like this, that, or the other? But if it is your will, if it's not your will, then I accept it with humility. Receive in humbleness what you decide. If you say no, if you say never, I receive, Lord. 
So sometimes people just petition a request. They want this, that, and the other, but they don't ask God and say, Lord, is it your will? Or, or if it is your will, Lord, I'd like to go on a, a boat trip, an ocean liner. I would like to travel the world. Make a way for me to travel the world. But then you must say, Lord, yet not my will, but thine. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes you want a certain man to be uh, <laughs> your husband. You can pray and say, Lord, I'd like that man to be my husband. But yet not my will but thine. Or sometimes you pray you want that woman to be your wife. You must also pray and say, Lord, I'd like that woman to be my wife. But yet not my will but thine. Let thy will be done. And by the same token, people make plans. And they, they say, I'm going there. We're going to go there. I'm going to do this. We're going to do that. And they say, don't worry. We will meet there and we'll get together there and blah, blah, blah. But they never say according to James chapter 4 verse 15 if it is the Lord's will then we will meet there if it is the Lord's will I'll go to Johannesburg if it's the Lord's will I will go and work in New York if it is the Lord's will you've got to be humble and and acknowledge the Lord and submit to him that's why I said you say Lord but you don't do what what I tell you in other words, you, we say, you the Lord, and I, I'm the one who's serving you. But sometimes you want to command the Lord and dictate to the Lord, and you just want your way. But God, if God denies a request, if He denies a prayer request, there must be a good reason. Then it is because He knows the end from the beginning. If you don't give that woman to you as a wife, then God knows that that marriage would have... Uh, ended up in jeopardy or in calamity if you don't grant that man to you as a husband then God knows why because he knows that maybe that husband would have abused you or killed you you see if you don't grant you the car yet then God knows why because maybe you would have made an accident with a car and ended up in a wheelchair so just trust God's judgment trust his heart Trust his wisdom. And, and whatever you ask for, say, Lord, I would like this, that, and the other. But yet not my will, but thine. But may the Lord bless you as you pray. Continue to pray because it's not every prayer that God uh, delays. It's not every prayer that God denies. And so from my side, Although the scripture says we do not know a right how to pray, but this is how I pray for what it's worth to you. This is, I'm not saying you must imitate me or emulate me or follow me, but this is how I pray. And I always pray and say, Lord, inspire me as I pray and help me to pray in the Holy Spirit and help me to pray according to your will for myself and others. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then the other thing that I always strive to do is to pray scripture, to pray according to the scripture. So when I go into prayer and I pray for my own life, I will say, Lord, uh, the, the word of God says, let this mind be in you, the mind of Christ. Then I say, Lord, please help me to have the mind of Christ. There's a scripture that says, think good before all men. In other words, think good about people. Do not think bad about people. 
Then I would pray and say, Lord, help me to think that which is good before all men. Then the scripture says, let your words be sprinkled with salt. So I, I can't do it on my own accord. I can't do it in my own strength. So I would pray and I say, Lord, let my words be sprinkled with salt. Hallelujah. So my understanding of words being sprinkled with salt means my words must melt the hardness in people. People who are hard. Sometimes a man want to leave his wife or wife want to leave a husband or sometimes people are hard, they unforgiving. Then I say, Lord, let my words be sprinkled with salt. It means when I speak, let that hardness in those people melt. That's what it means because salt melts the hardness. In America, when the streets are full of snow and ice, they come with truckloads of salt and they pour the salt on the ice and it melts and then the cars can use the roads again. You see, salt melts the hard ice. So it means our words must be sprinkled with salt. That when people hear us, the hardness in them will, will melt. And then what does salt do? Salt brings out the flavor of the food. It brings out the, the, the in, inherent aroma of the, the meat or the fish, whatever. So it means our words must bring out the best in people. When we speak to people, when we answer or make a comment, it must bring out the best in people. And some people's words are not sprinkled with salt. They say things and then the other person starts swearing. They say things and then the other person starts giving utterance to violent words or, or mocking or criticism. You see, so I always pray, Lord, let my words be sprinkled with salt. So it means let my words bring out the best in people. That when they hear me or when I speak to them, they must start praising the Lord or start sharing something equally good or equally uplifting or inspiring or motivational. Then what does salt do again? Salt m makes people thirsty. I said, Lord, let my words be sprinkled with salt. This is my prayer. So it means when people hear my words and they hear me speak about the Lord, they must become thirsty to serve God or to know God. Or they must become thirsty for the word or thirsty to live a, a good life, a godly life. Amen. So what, did, what does salt still do? Salt preserves. If you take a, a, a like a snook, from Cape Town and you take it to Joburg in the warm weather, it will corrupt, it will perish. It won't be edible. But if you sprinkle that snook with salt, it preserves it, it keeps it fresh. It keeps it fresh, it preserves it. And so our words must be sprinkled with salt that when we speak to people, our words must preserve them, must keep that marriage together. Words must keep the person by the Lord that he or she don't backslide. Our words must keep the business. Uh, glory to God, hallelujah. Our words must preserve. So this is an, a, an example of how I pray according to Scripture. So if you can, whenever you pray, if you read something in the Scripture, the Scripture tells you to do this, that or the other. Don't try to do it in your own strength. Say, Lord, help me to be like that. 
the Bible says, speak to one another. With sp you will notice that in my discourse here, I mention a lot of hymns and a lot of songs. That is scriptural. The Bible says, speak to one another with spiritual songs and hymns and psalms. Amen. So, if you feel you cannot do that, then you can pray and say, Lord, help me also to speak to others with spiritual hymns and songs and psalms in the name of Jesus. So, may the Lord bless you. But the Bible says in Luke 18, men and women ought always to pray and not to faint because God will do justice to his children who pray to him night and day and i repeat what i said in the beginning psalm 65 that david said O thou who hearest prayer unto thee all flesh must come glory then in prayer it says acknowledge the lord in all your ways it means before you do anything say lord give me the wisdom to do this help me to master this help me to accomplish this task like a hot knife through butter Help me to understand this, like I myself, by the grace of God, I fix computers, I fix laptops, I fix phones. So, I didn't get formal training in that, I didn't attend classes, but I pray to God and I say, I acknowledge Him before I open up a device or work on it. I say, Lord, give me the wisdom, give me the wisdom to fix this laptop. Give me the wisdom to fix this computer. Give me the wisdom to navigate my way through the software, uh, through the programs, you see. So prayer works. Prayer works. <laughs> prayer is very powerful. Prayer is effective. Glory to God. The other day, uh, the, uh, the people from Durban, a pastor from Durban, he contacted me. He said he's got a prostate problem and He's got problems. He went to another specialist and nothing helped. And he said, tomorrow he's going to a different specialist. Can I pray for him? And I prayed for him. And I said, Lord, touch him, heal him. Let the prostate shrink and, and do for him beyond what he can think or pray. And let him come back with a testimony of, of good news. And when he came from hospital, he phoned me. He said, good news, good news. The, the surgeon said, or the specialist said, the prostate shrank and there's nothing wrong with his kidneys and his bladder and his urethra and whatever it is a for away. So you see, that's what prayer can do. Prayer can move the mountain. Prayer can win souls for the Lord. Prayer can bring whatever you need into your presence into your home, into your life. The Lord bless you and keep you and cause His face to shine upon you. In Jesus' name, amen.